This episode is sponsored by KIS Academics. Find private tutoring and online courses, including a free one that I did about mastering LinkedIn on kisacademics.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the student space. Today I'm chatting with Angie about the pressure to succeed in VCE. Now this could be pressure from parents, your friends, or even yourself. We also talk about the pressure that parents can place on you to pursue a certain career pathway. For example, to become a doctor or a lawyer. We reflect on Angie's ATAR reaction and how she came to realize that her ATAR doesn't define her. Enjoy the episode. I'd like to begin by respectfully acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians on this land on which this podcast is recorded on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Welcome, Angie, to an episode of The Student Space. We're going to actually have a nice chat, a bit of a candid conversation about all things about emotions and pressure to succeed in VCE. So, Angie, tell our audience who you are and what you wanted to be when you were younger. Hi, everyone. Obviously, thanks, Mia, for giving me this opportunity to have this chat. I really do appreciate it. Um, Funnily enough, I actually graduated from high school a few years ago now, so I graduated back in 2018. Um, I'm currently at the University of Melbourne studying commerce and I'm about to graduate from that as well. So maybe I feel like a bit, I don't know, maybe a bit old. But as in terms of what I wanted to be when I was younger, I think like I obviously had those dreams of like, I want to be a princess and love it. But I was always told that I was really good at debating by my parents. But I think that was just like code for me being really good at like, arguing. <laughs> so for a while, I thought like lawyer was what I wanted to be. But then I started doing a few law subjects and I thought that that isn't for me. So here I am. Love it. Okay. And so let's talk about your high school days. Now, what was your high school experience like? For example, like what subjects did you do? Did you do any co-curricular? So yeah, I went to Yarra Valley Grammar, which is a school in Ringwood, finally, not in the Yarra Valley. Um, <laughs> in, I guess to give everyone a basic rundown, in year 11, I did legal studies in Chinese as my two, three, fours. Um, and then in year 12, I did... Oh, two English, two maths. So that's easy to remember, right? I wow. Did English, literature, methods and spesh. What a mix. Yeah, it's an interesting mix, I think. Um, but I, I actually didn't want to do the two English, two maths. Um, my dad thought it would be really good for me. And so he pushed me to do it. But I eventually loved it because I he was right that I am like very much, I really love my books. I really love my lit. Um, but I <laughs> I love maths as well. So yeah, that was kind of like the layout. I really enjoyed doing four subjects in year 12 and not five. So that was fun. Um, in terms of like extracurricular, I was, I still I am a musician, I guess. I, I played the piano. Um, I was in two, three bands and I was in a choir as well. And I was on the first softball team, which was pretty exciting. And I played softball over the summer. It's nice. You had a good mix. Good study, but like balanced study. Then you had a co-curricular, yeah. some music, some sport. I think it like shapes a nice high school experience doing all those things. Certainly. I definitely had a lot to manage, but I really enjoyed it and made a lot of friends because of that. So yeah. And so when you were in VCE, what were your aspirations for after high school? So you mentioned that you're actually about to graduate commerce, but at that time was commerce, what was on your mind that you wanted to aspire to do? Not exactly. Um, I I definitely wasn't sure. I knew that law wasn't exactly for me or I wasn't sure at the time if I wanted to do law Um, and I knew that if I locked myself into a law degree that I'd just follow through and 
end up becoming a lawyer regardless of whether it was um, going to be the best for me. Uh, so I did go to a few open days and I thought about choosing a degree that like gave me options. So it was open enough that I could just like change if I really wanted to. Um, but luckily for me, commerce is something that I really enjoyed. So it worked out quite well, but definitely wasn't something that I was like immediately new. I still, to be fair, don't know what I'm going to do in five years and I'm graduating in like a few months. So, But hey, this is good for us to talk about because like a lot of students think, well, I thought, hey, I'll get into uni and then I'll know, I'll exactly know what I want to do. But both I think me and you are prime examples of, hey, well, you're going to graduate soon and it's okay that you don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm not a huge, I'm not huge on long-term goals because you might, you know, get to that specific long-term goal and decide uh, that, hang on, this isn't what I imagined it to be. Um, so like a constant reassessment of if what you're doing right now is, you know, what's making you happy or if it will and if, you know, your goals are what you truly want. Absolutely. And so, okay, I know a lot of students listening are thinking, okay, well, I actually have no idea what I want to do. Now, how did you uncover the pathway to commerce? And I understand you mentioned like choosing something broad, kind of just going with it, but do you have any other advice for students who have no idea what pathway to take? Yeah, that's a good question. I think going to those open days are really important. I really like, I, I like went initially for the free stuff. Like you get, I don't know, free tote bags yeah, and stuff the, like that. The goodie bags. The goodie bags. That, awesome. Uh, like talking to people that you, I feel like it's easier to figure out what you don't want to do. Like I was like, I don't want to be a firefighter. I don't want to be in science. Um, and I knew those sort of things. So like figuring out it by process of elimination may be more helpful. Um, and also like I really enjoyed the Melbourne model, not to like, you know, advertise Melbourne too much, but because you were like, you're able to do breadth subjects and choose subjects sort of outside of your specific discipline, um, it, it like enables you to explore. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just about choosing what you like, which is like, I know that's so cheesy, um, but yeah, like and you don't have to get it right. And knowing that is enough. Exactly. And so if you choose and you get in there and you're like, oh, this is not what I expected or this is not what I like, don't feel bad because you can totally change it and it's so easy to change once you're in university. Absolutely. Now let's talk about emotions and pressure while in VCE because I know VCE is such a roller coaster of emotions. Tell me if there were moments that you felt overwhelmed or anxious and then how did you overcome these? Um, funnily enough, I feel like my entire VC experience is characterized by like a certain level of anxiety. <laughs> I think that's like quite relatable. I was just like <laughs> a little constantly stressed and I didn't actually realize it maybe until like I started to chill out in university um, a little bit. But I was like, damn, I was stressed and I did work really hard during, during that VC period of time. And I think for me, I... A lot of that was like put on um, by, by both myself and my parents as well to for me to like achieve a certain level. In in that ways, I sort of like fit a lot of basically a lot of work into a very short period of time because I thought that you know I had to achieve this or or I needed to get that grade. Um, overcoming it, like that, that the thing is, I don't know that, that I ever did overcome it in a specific way. I think I just sort of knuckled down and worked harder and harder and harder. Um, but there were certain like habits that I had that would like help me de-stress. I used to go for walks all the time. Like every single day after school, I'd, I'd go for a walk. Um, and sometimes I'd feel guilty for going on walks. Cause I'm like, I'm spending three hours going on a walk. 
um, that I could be spent studying, but instead I was like, hang on, this is probably just good for me to relax. Absolutely. Chill. Okay. That's so relevant because I know a lot of students are totally feeling that way, but it's like the reality is like we have this constant like nervous energy or this like Mm. anxiety. We can use that word of I have to do this, I have to do that. And so, yeah, it's just about realizing, hey, it's actually going to be okay. And the thing is that like that doesn't really leave you like after you finish high school. I mean, like once you're in uni and once you're like in the workforce or whatnot, there will always be this pressure, maybe it's just because of our society or whatnot, that you feel you have to be a certain level of productive or efficient or you're not doing good work or appropriate work. And that's certainly not the case. So know that that's probably like, it's obviously harmful and probably not something that's necessary for you to do good and like appropriate study or work. Now, did you ever feel burnt out? Because like, I know our teachers say, VC is a marathon, not a sprint. I know like we all cringe when we hear that like line, but like how did you manage burnout? Because I know that at the end of my VC experience, I was burnt. I was wrecked. I was exhausted. For sure. Yeah. The biggest like instance of burnout I can remember is between like the term, this is such a specific one, but (laughs) year 12, term two holidays. And so like in the holidays, you're meant to take a break, right? Yep. Um, and I didn't because I hadn't really read the book that was coming up and I was sort of freaked out about it and spent like over 20 hours on just this one book, um, let alone all the other work that I did. And I literally just like studied like eight to 10 hours a day for the entire like two to three week holiday. Crazy. And so usually, you know, you get to the start of the semester, the, the term, sorry, and feel, oh, yeah, okay, I'm a little pressure this semester or this term. I'm going to start working hard, right? Everyone has that. And then I got to that start of that term and was like, oh, no, I have like, I'm dead. I can't do it. And this is term three. So this is not even at the end of the yeah. year. <laughs> no. And like I had sacks coming up. I was definitely not the, the time to be burnt out. Um, so yeah, I don't recommend it. Taking Obviously taking breaks is part, probably like the second most important thing in studying apart from like, like probably studying itself. Um, Cause it would only be so impactful if you actually like, you need to take the breaks for it to be more effectual. And now I know that. So, but, like, so I can, you know, step away, go for walks, do whatever. Um, I know that that doesn't make me less smart. Yeah. Or less, you know, hardworking. It's better for you to take those breaks and better for us to not kill ourselves, which we've learned now. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's, the, thing, the thing is, like, you have to learn it yourself, which is the hard, hard part about it. Okay, okay. Now let's talk about, like, the pressures that you felt. And I know, like, you've had some pressure from yourself and from your parents. Now tell me about that and, like, how did you navigate through that? This is really hard. I think a lot of people expected a lot from me. Or, and I, I don't think I realized that as well until, like I felt it, but didn't sort of think about it too hard because I just sort of shoved it at the back of my head um, until, again, after VCE. I, like, like the pressure from my parents was um, explicit for me, but they didn't realize how much pressure they were putting on me. And funnily enough, my mom said after my sister, who's younger than me, graduated, she, she said mm-hmm. to me, uh, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize how much pressure I was putting onto you until I realized that I like the sort of compare comparatively less pr- pressure she put on my sister. That's not to mean that she, my sister didn't feel any pressure, but um, so yeah. like my parents wouldn't have been happy with an A type below at 98, which was like, which is extremely high. That's like, what's you the top 2% of the state? And that was ridiculous. Right. And then like, not to stereotype, but in, in that sense, I, I fit into the Asian stereotype quite neatly. Um, and I, I kind of hated that, um, but now I sort of accept it as, as it was because as a you know past experience. But um, yeah, my parents had always been super invested in my education 
So like when I was young, I did scholarship testing and went to like weekend schools. Um, and so like year 12 didn't feel like a 10, year 10, 11, 12 experience. It felt like a, since grade four, I distinctly remember. Um, and I remember going into year seven with all these subjects planned out that I was, was going to do in year 12. Whoa. Um, which is insane. And so like this, it wasn't, it was like a marathon, as we were saying before, that wasn't just like two or three years, but you know, seven to eight years. And so that was intense, right? And so all that build up was, was crazy. And I think even, I don't know if that teachers necessarily had any expectations of me, but like after um, the, the results came out, I remember saying like my literature teacher saying that she expected more of me. She didn't say this to my face, but I heard she said like, she, she I love her to, to, to like no end. But someone has sort of said to me that she had said that. And I like, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. But I remember like, feeling it, feeling it a bit it's still stuck with you. Yeah. And then, um, like one of my, I think I just got like either just got a 40 or, or 39 or something in, in special raw. And, um, like my special teacher making an offhand comment, Oh, like if you only had gotten a few marks higher in special, it scaled to a 50 anyway. So I don't know why he was upset about it, but it was yeah. you know, that, um, and, and so like, like all this kind of accumulates and, um, I definitely felt a lot of pressure to succeed but I, I think I just tried to focus mostly on what I was doing and and the question in front of me at the at that time and the exam that I was doing and to put the pressure aside and I, I tried really hard to find out well to think about what exactly I was doing this for so obviously I, I couldn't it wasn't going to work if I, the only thing motivating me was my parents pressure so going into year 12 I really decided look I had to work hard because I wanted to do my best at something just to say like I did my best at something I tried like very hard I wasn't going to get out of high school and say I didn't try at anything um so yeah that's kind of how I got over it I don't know if I ever really did though it's interesting because like the story or even like the picture that you've painted and what you've explained a lot of students are really feeling that right now especially in like a pandemic year and whatever else has happened they have a lot of pressure to succeed from their parents and it's honestly, sometimes the inevitable, like they just can't avoid it. But my question to you is, if a student is feeling certain pressure from parents or from others, or maybe their friends are experiencing this pressure, how can we support them during this time? I think probably three big things. So first of all, take care of yourself. And I, you know, I, again, you can learn from my mistakes. I didn't do a a really good job of that during year 12. Um, so take care of yourself, like eat well, exercise, go on walks. Um, like self-care is a big deal nowadays, but it's actually quite relevant. Uh, in year 12, I lost like 20 kilos just from being stressed and like not eating at all or like being kind of Damn. yeah, Terrible. like irresponsible. So don't do that. Um, like little moments with yourself are really important. Um, yeah, friendship, you touched on that before, but like, your friends are the only people that are really with you, right? It's like, not like your parents are doing your exams, right? Yeah. So they can sort of just, you know, go away and f- spend some time with your parents, like your parents, with your friends um, and like <laughs> listen to them and talk to them because they really do understand your experience because they're literally going through it as well. Um, and then the third, I guess, is how do I phrase this? Like f- try to find a way that motivates you internally or like what you're mm. – um, what's going to drive you. And it doesn't have to be like, I want to get a certain ATAR. Um, for me, it was literally like, I want to try my best at something. 
and whatever that result is it's whatever I like worked my hardest at and tried my best at and so even nowadays when I'm working I sometimes I don't think I've, I'll ever work as hard as I did back in that VC process but what I really mean by that is that I did won't feel ever as much pressure as I, as I did then so know that it gets easier and try to find some motivation that will motivate you mm. actually intrinsically and not just be you know oh because my parents said so or because X person expects this from me. Absolutely. Some great advice there. And I've got another point to make. So similar to like the pressure to succeed in VCE, a lot of students are getting pressure from their families of what course or university or pathway to take. So a lot of pressure to study medicine or a lot of pressure to study law. Mm. And students might not even want to do this. Can we talk through that or like what could students do? Because it's like so hard to like just turn to your parents and say, no, sorry, I'm not doing that when they've literally sent you to Sunday school since grade four to become a doctor type of thing. It is so hard. Yeah, for sure. I This is a hard one. And I don't know that I ever really succeeded in getting away from that because my second option after Commerce would have been an arts degree and I would have done like literature and focused on that. Um, to be fair, I'm glad yep. I didn't. But that, you know, that part of the reason I didn't choose that was because I knew I'd sort of raise hell with my parents by choosing an arts degree. Um not because our stories are bad, but because they think, oh, you know, you want to be a, like a yep. doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Um, yep. And so I, I totally understand that. And I think that it's really tricky to navigate that situation. But I think it's an important conversation to have with your parents or whatever to say, yo, like, I am not becoming a doctor. This is not for me. Or I will never be a lawyer. And to, like for the first year of my commerce degree, my mum would still like offhandedly mention that the JD was something that I could do. Or like I could do a law degree eventually. <laughs> and I was like, no, like I don't want that. Um, and so like that's definitely a thing. And know that you can sort of tr- try things out and say, well, okay, maybe I did do a year of medicine and like hated it. Because a lot of people will choose the medicine um, because you know parents say so, whatever, um, and then realize they hate it. It's your life ultimately. So it, it may be hard to have those conversations or to – to like stand up for yourself but it's kind of a necessary evil and it can only make you stronger right afterwards absolutely I say right because you know who knows exactly there's no right or wrong way to tackle it but I just think like it's easy for me to say yeah just communicate with your parents and tell them you don't want to do it but like I know in reality that's not the case because they're so ingrained in what they think and what they believe which again is different to what we've all been like brought up in or like experience so I know it's easier said than done but yeah yeah, if you can just remember like at the back of your head give it a go or like remember at the back of your head that it's okay to change I'm sure you'll find yourself in the end and another thing like a friend of mine who was actually doing medicine at Monash was saying to me he said look I'm not sure if I like it and then uh, and then he's like oh I might uh, change to engineering or physics and I said okay that's fine um that that sounds great why don't you just do it and he says oh I don't know parents whatever um, and then after a few months time, he came back to me and said, well, like I'm learning to love it. Mm. Right. And I, I'm becoming to love it. Like I'm, I'm starting to, <laughs> becoming to love it. And, and so he was, he was, he was more happy with that. And I said, well, is that what you like, was that, is that what you really want? Like to do something that you've learned to love? Cause I mean, you can learn to love a lot of things, but uh, is there something that you might like more or something that makes you happier? Um, and this is made, this is like, just a, like maybe a conversation about life now, when you think about whether you want to do something that like you've learned to become happy with, or if you want to like chase something that, you know, you're, you're really looking at like after or you're really into, or that you really think will make you happy. Um, 
And I guess those are all considerations as well. Oh my goodness, they were a perfect example. So for me, I actually did commerce at Melbourne Uni, just like Angie, but unlike Angie, I actually hated it. But I had no pressure from parents to stay. I had pressure from myself to to stick it out. And by the end of my commerce degree, I had learned to love it, but it, I hated it. I actually did not like it, but I ended up just like learning to bear it. And I learned that, hey, this is not so bad. And I like trained myself that like, hey, because like, I'm kind of like expected to stay. I should like it anyway. And then I had a realization that I don't like it, didn't want to go down that path. And now I've found what I'm actually passionate about, which is teaching. And it is so different now that because I am truly passionate about teaching, it comes more natural to me. I don't have to try as hard, but I actually genuinely love it. I don't have to force myself to pretend to like it or find the good parts. I actually just enjoy all parts of it. And so, yeah, that's my story of how like the difference between pushing yourself to like bear something and actually like genuinely enjoying what you do. Absolutely. Now let's talk about ATAR reactions. And I know on YouTube, there's like so many ATAR reaction videos and everything, but Angie, talk me through the moment you received your ATAR, because this is like the moment you and your parents are like hanging for. Mm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> this is such a like a surreal experience when I think I when I remember it it feels like a dream even though I know it definitely happened um we had just at this point um we were on a holiday as a family and the four of us had just flown from New York to Shanghai in China yep and we arrived at, in China at around maybe like midnight and so by the time we got to where we were staying or whatever um it was like two in the morning um, and I knew that my ATAR was coming out at seven o'clock in Australia, which was, and because of the two hour time difference, I knew it was coming out at 5am in China, Yeah. but I was like, I'm not going to be the person who stays up to look at it. Like cannot. So I was trying to sleep and I, I couldn't sleep. And the, the hardest thing was because we weren't able to move in the, into the place that we specifically wanted, um, just yet we were in a room where the four of us were all in the same room. <laughs> Everyone was and hanging for your ATAR. Literally. And the thing is, I, it just was because of that, like specific, we were, it was just specifically the, like the day that was the transition between New York and um, China, that there was a time, like I was completely jet lagged and the time difference meant that I just couldn't sleep. Right. It was like daytime in New York. I could not It's sleep. not happening. You're not sleeping. It's not happening. So at 5am, like I, I, ch- I checked and me and my sister, so my dad and my parents, my mama clearly, because they want to pretend they're not putting pressure on me and wondering what my ATAR is. They're pretending to be asleep. And me and my sister are underneath the, like the blanket and like the bed that's like two meters away from them. Um, and just, and looked at it. Um, and so I found out my ATAR and I got a 99.6 and I was remember like being like, oh my God, okay, this is really good. Um, and I told my parents and they were like very, very excited. <laughs> Bless my mother. Like I love her. But the first words out of her mouth were, oh my God, you got the same ATAR as Jack. And Jack is a family friend who, who graduated back <laughs> in like 2006 or something. And I was like, all right, thanks. But, um, so they were very, very happy. It was, and, and so they, like, they were happy, but I didn't know what I felt at the time. I don't like, it was sort of like an instant happiness and then like kind of feeling like, oh, okay, that's it. Um, and maybe, I uh, maybe it wasn't worth all the hard work. And so I just like to have this distinct memory of me and my sister sitting on the windowsill at the balcony. Um, and she's reading this book and I'm 
just like looking, I don't have anything to like, she's studying for like next year and I'm like, I don't have anything to do. So I'm, I'm looking out the window and watching people start to like get to work and as, watch the sunrise. It was quite like, this is the dreaminess of my, of my memory. It's like a movie. It's like literally, movie. literally. And I um can't, like, I can't get that image out of my head, but I, then I, f- I felt, I remember crying about it, but nobody like in my family knew at the time. I remember crying when I got like after a little bit of time when I was alone. Years of joy? Not because... Well, I don't know what it was, but I was just crying. I don't think I was, I think I was happy that they were happy, but I don't know that I myself felt really happy about it. I just thought like, this is it. And that's, and that's like, partially a good thing, right? Cause you, you're not supp- like, it's just a number who gives a crap. Right. Um, yep. And so it doesn't actually make, make like a difference or it isn't that big of a deal. Um, so I didn't actually care about the number at the end. And I think what I was crying about was like that I had definitely did my best at something. And unconsciously what I had, when I, what I was sort of thinking was, well, I did my best at something. Um, but what I didn't realize is that I still sort of cared about what that number was. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I was going to use that number was to say, well, this is the best that you will ever be. And this is the best that you can ever do. But, it- and so when I, I, I think, yeah, exactly. It's stupid. Cause I think crying was just realizing that like this number should not be something that limits me and it should not be some, that's something that defines me. And it is definitely not the best that I, could ever do but it took me until I actually got the number and realized how meaningless it was to you know realize that so it's you know even though throughout VC everyone told me well it's just a number it's not gonna mean anything as long as you get into your degree um it's it's it still mattered to me and it's not a bad thing that it did matter to me um because it's important that you cared about something right um even if it's meaningless these emotions are so like real. They're so raw. Like it is exactly what students will be going through. Absolutely. And there's no shame in crying. There's no shame in feeling like disappointed that it was a 99.6 or whatever the emotions are. You might, you might've even felt relieved as well. Whatever the emotions were like students will be feeling this and it's totally okay to kind of ride the roller coaster because you go up and you go down and then you mentioned something so important about obviously like the ATAR number not defining you. But at what point was it like when you started uni? Was it the next day that did you really believe that, hey, this actually doesn't define me? Like did you finally get over that hurdle and change your mindset? I think when people stopped talking about it, because for a while my parents would, like, because we had just arrived in China and my family, mm. a lot of my family were there. So they would just tell everyone about it. Of course, yeah. And then it would be like some sort of bragging moment and then I'd have to sit there uncomfortably and be like, ha, ha, ha. Um, this is, you know, this is uncomfortable. And so I made, like, I always knew it at like a surface level. Like I understood that it didn't mean anything. Um, and that, but that doesn't define me part of it. it took me a, a bit longer to realize. And because there's no shame in having your ATAR matter to you. Cause people like the, the other opposite attitude is like, well, your ATAR doesn't define you. So it shouldn't matter. And so I shouldn't put any effort into it all at all. So like to some extent it, it can be a reflection yep. of your, your effort. Cause even if you don't care about VC or if you don't care about your ATAR, there's no doubt that if you put like an hour's more of effort into it, if you did like no work and then you suddenly did some work, there's going to be some improvement, right? So whilst it might not be something that defined me and it, it still doesn't define me, it's still a reflection of how hard I worked. Absolutely. What is it now I view it as is a testament to my, I don't know, ability to, to work hard and my dedication, um, regardless of like, it doesn't like, again, regardless of the end goal. Um, so even though I did achieve a really high ATAR or whatever, it doesn't, even if I hadn't achieved that really high ATAR, I still would have had, 
you know, the same journey. Yeah, the same hard work and the same effort, which you are definitely proud of. And it's definitely like even like your parents should be proud of you for that too. Yeah. And I think actually the hardest thing is um, that the HR is supposed to try to standardize and compare people. Like it's literally a ranking. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's hard to escape from. And so when like other people and students will be, you know, ugh, annoying about this and they'll ask about your ATAR and, and try to be like, well, um, I know like there was a period of time when everyone was trying to figure out who the ducks was because we didn't like, we didn't know who, who the ducks was. Um, and so people were like asking around ATARs and whatever. It's kind of like, okay, it's kind of not sad, but it's kind of like tough. Not that's not the right word. Of, of, I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. I'll find it later. But it's like kind of because yeah. it's just life. They rank us. That's just how it works. And we can't escape it. So we just have to accept it, sure. whatever it is. Sure. And like, I, I remember this person who was really competitive with me in English and like, I just get a, get a message from him. Um, pick up what you get in English. And I was like, dude, calm down. Like it, it's relaxed. <laughs> relaxed. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all water on the bridge now. Absolutely. And it's nice to reflect on it and talk about it now so that students listening can maybe realize, hey, like I'm not going crazy if I'm feeling competitive or I'm not going crazy if I feel stressed or if I'm not going crazy if I've got a lot of pressure on me because I just want you to all know if you're listening, it is totally normal to feel that way. So to kind of just like ride out the emotions. Mm, For sure. Now, do you have any like top recommendations of like where to get help or support? And that can be in terms of anything. So like for study support or like well-being or even like career and life related questions that's a good question so for well-being it's weird but you just got to do like whatever your hobbies are whatever makes you relax like if that's yoga going for a walk reading exercising balance is really important in that respect so that's that's that i know that's a really again a really basic example but it's obviously important um in terms of study recommendations People always like recommend those apps that are, like Forest that are supposed to like block your social media. I can't. I, I I've never done that. I've always been some like someone to like procrastinate anyway or find a way to get around it. Um, but I found to do list really happy, like like really helpful because I can just like happily cross off a, off a like thing on my to do list. Um, and some sometimes things on those lists are like the most ridiculous things, like go annoy your sister. Like right now, I even have a to do list in front of me where it says like <laughs> do my makeup. That's like not a not a school like a required thing. It's it's just like an easy thing that I can check off so I can feel like I'm achieving something. Love it. Um so yeah, that, that's that. Um career, talk to people. That's of like the easiest way to get around um and figure out what you want. <laughs> Life recommendations, gosh. Um, I don't know, like yeah, pass, I don't know. <laughs> pass, yeah. Or just like I would I'm gonna jump in with my thing. So mm, like a study recommendation for me was like obviously I procrastinated so much and it was just like my stupid phone. Like I would just go and scroll and it would just be – nothing would be happening because everyone would be studying but I'd just be scrolling. So I like literally locked my phone in like either the car or the letterbox because yeah. I couldn't be bothered to go outside and get it and come back. So that like helped. Another recommendation I have is – obviously same as Angie, just like talk to people about careers and ask them like what they love about it, what they hate about it, or even like talk to people about their current uni course. And another recommendation, now this of course like is a paid option, but for me what helped me in year 11 was I did some of those like head start lectures. And so when I started year 12, I had like heard the content already. So when I heard it a second time, it really reduced my anxiety because like I was obviously quite stressed when I was in year 12. So for me to hear content, you know, in the holidays or even the year before, 
it like really relaxed me hearing it a second time in class because it was something that I was already familiar about. And so, for example, learning calculus for the first time wasn't as scary because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got the idea. I, I know roughly how this works. But again, that's a paid option, but you definitely don't need to do that to do well. Is there anything, Angie, you wish you knew when you were in year 11 and year 12? And it can be about anything. Pretty much everything. Like I didn't know much back in year 12, like really honestly. <laughs> what did I wish I knew? There was this famous quote like in a book that I read part like a passing and just sort of uh it really hit me but this this quote where it said something about like adults being constantly the ones to raise the bar on on young children and and like smart children as well precisely because they're able to handle it um and so the children sort of like get overwhelmed by this and they gradually lose their sense of accomplishment so like when you're young when you start walking your parents are like oh my god that's so awesome that's amazing you say the yep. first word, and then now when you have those achievements, it's less mm. like, okay, cool, that's expected of you. It's expected that you got this result or whatever. Um, and so for us, like as children, I, I will still testify as a child, um, <laughs> it, it's hard to, you know, break free of that and um, gain back the sort of openness um, and the innate sense of accomplishment that I used to have when I achieved something. Um, and so now when I, I try to... Um, get excited about when I do finally understand things and be like, wow, I just learned this new thing. And I think that that's really cool. Or like, oh, this isn't very cool, but I'm glad that I know it. Um, and so when my sister like sort of like uh, gives me random facts or information from her medicine course, um, I like that is, I, I know that that's completely useful, like, like useless for me, sorry. And, but I was like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. I learned something. And I feel accomplished. And it's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. So um, that's something that I wish I knew back in year 11 and year 12 was that um, to, was to celebrate when I began to to learn and understand things and not just because my results got better because of it. Yeah. Um, and like for me, methods, right? I did methods three, four, technically twice. The first time I did it, I wasn't like, I didn't get a VCE score. It was just like unscored. Yep. Um, but the year after I did I did it like officially and did well. And the first year, like I didn't understand anything in methods. It was just, I was like, I remember crying because I didn't get it. Um, And then like my dad being the maths god was like, you know, why don't you get it? Oh my goodness. Um, And he had called my school and asked where I was ranked in the class, which is obviously dead last because I was in like the smart class. Yeah. And my my teacher, luckily for him, he literally said to him, I can't, I can't tell you that. I'm not allowed to tell you that. And I remember going to that teacher and like breaking down and being like, thank you for not telling my dad. And like what and then you know when I finally started to get methods and it wasn't something that I was just failing at I'd be like yes no you know I'm no longer getting d's I can I can get like a b plus or an a yeah um and then like finally a pluses but what I really should have been celebrating is like yes I finally understand what like differentiation means I finally understand what it means to you know yep factorize whatever you know whatever it was and so celebrate like like learning what you know what's actually important and so, like, ultimately not losing sight of the point of this whole system isn't to get a number at the end, but to hopefully learn something. Yeah, we forget about that. Hey, we have to, like, do these things to learn. And, like, yeah, you might learn something that you think is not going to be applicable in real life, but you're learning, like, study skills and you're learning, like, overcoming challenges and all that. And that's worth celebrating. For sure. Now, Angie, if any student listening has any more questions, maybe they resonate with your story or they have a question about commerce or anything, where can they contact you to ask you more questions? Um, the Probably the easiest way is through Facebook. Maybe you can just link it in the, yep. the link. Um, or even on my Instagram as well, I've got like my um, like a blog that I've written about that's linked there. Um, so you can like get to know me a little bit more and reach me through there as well. 
Um, so yeah, Mia will have all the links in the yep. show notes, whatever you call them. Um, but yeah, I'm always up for up for a chat and. So if you want to reach out, that's totally fine and we can talk. Love it. Well, thank you for today, Angie. This chat has been so deep and meaningful. I've loved it and it's nice to talk about like some things that maybe don't really get, you know, the spotlight as much. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Mia. It's been awesome. If you like this episode of The Student Space, you can find us on Instagram at the.studentspace and it's just The Student Space on Facebook and LinkedIn. Also, if you have any requests for podcast episodes in the future, do reach out to us on Instagram DM and I'll make that happen. If you'd like to support us further, follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Alternatively, I would love for you to leave a review. Thanks, everyone. Bye.